Well, we began a series, as you know, last Sunday uh, in challenging ourselves through God's word to live heroically. And uh, this series is actually a series that I believe is for this time, for this season, not only in our church, but also in our society. Because like in the days of the book that we're going to look at, we live in a day in which the believers are being challenged, when our faith is being tested. And we need to live heroically in the midst of the challenges and testings of our faith. And that is not only our faith regarding our trust in God individually, but also our faith. When the Bible speaks of the faith, it means the body of truth in which we believe. And that is also being challenged in our day. And so how are we going to be? How are we going to live? Are we going to buckle? Are we going to bend? Are we going to bow in the midst of the pressure that is being applied and exerted over us? Or will we be found as a people that refuses to cower in the time of crisis because we believe that Jesus Christ is worthy of our allegiance? I hope and pray that we choose the latter. Amen? So I shared last week that living heroically begins with knowing. There's certain things we have to know. We need to know our stuff. We need to know that each of us is gifted by God. We need to know that we are gifted to be able to carry the task that He's assigned for us to accomplish within His kingdom. So we need to know our stuff. Then we need to know ourselves, ourself. We need to know the identity that we have now in Christ because society and the world is going to try to... Uh, uh, commit identity theft, try to steal our identity from us. But it is our, our identity that determines our destiny. And then we need to know our source, as we noted. When Daniel interpreted the dream that nobody else could interpret for King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 2, he prefaced his interpretation of that dream by stating, there is a God in heaven who gives the ability to interpret dreams. He's the one that reveals secrets. And so no matter what we accomplish in life, may we be a people that remember our source and we give glory to the one that enables us to carry out our task as well as to accomplish what we accomplish in life. So today we're going to look at the fact that living heroically requires bravery. Living heroically requires bravery. But let me uh, begin with a story. Uh, man, it's tough getting old, said Sam to his friend Frank. If it's not one problem, then it's another. As soon as I awoke this morning, I had two shocks, one after the other. So what happened, Sam asked Frank. When I woke up, replied Sam, I thought my waterbed had broken. Well, had it? asked Frank. No, it hadn't, replied Sam. Well, that was all right then, said Frank. So what was your second shock? I remembered that I didn't have a waterbed, Sam replied. Double trouble. Some of you are still trying to figure out. Loss of memory. Loss of control. If you still need help, see me after service. <laughs> Double trouble. Now, here's what I know studying the Bible. God will give you double for your trouble. God will give you double for your trouble. I don't care what crisis or challenge you come across in life. If you are a child of God, 
God will give you double for your trouble. And the fact of the matter is that you will and I will encounter crisis and challenges, trials, tribulations in life. That's just part and parcel of following God. But I love what Warren Wearsby once noted. He stated that when God permits his children to go through the furnace, he keeps his eye on the clock and his hand on the thermostat. In other words, God has you. God is in charge. God is in control. And God will help and attend to you in your time of trial. Now, today, we're going to look at another chapter in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 30. I don't mean that we're going to read it in its entirety, but our focus will be on what it reveals to us or what it communicates to us. The story is about three young men whose names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One person has called them your shack, my shack, and little bungalow. <laughs> and, and then you have the professor at a Bible college who have the habit of referring to them as shake the bed, make the bed, and in the bed you go. All right, But their names, at least... Uh, the names that you would know them by were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But last Sunday, we noted that those weren't the names that they were given at birth. The names that they were given at birth were different. Hananiah, Azrael, as well as, you remember, Mishael. See, some of you are like, no, I don't remember. I can tell. Yeah, I'm here to help you, though. Now, there's another character that is mentioned in Daniel chapter 3. He was the king of that time period. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar's name means Nebo defends the boundaries of Babylon. Nebo defends the boundaries of Babylon. Nebo, also known as the god of fire and a variety of arts, was a primary Babylonian deity worshipped with fiery sacrifices and music, and was also linked with the Greek god Mercury, the chief communicator of the Greek pantheon. Scholars differ as to the actual golden image Nebuchadnezzar constructed. It most probably was a statue of Nebo, Nebuchadnezzar's personal god. The musical command to worship this image and death in the fiery furnace to those who did not submit to this command would fit this context. Now, as we read Daniel chapter 3, there are certain lessons that we can learn. Lesson number one is this. Faith is not a fire escape. Faith is not a fire escape. Their faith did not keep them from having to go into the fire. In fact, it was because of their refusal to deny their faith that they were cast or thrown into the fire in the first place. I want to be upfront and honest with you that serving God doesn't give you an escape the fire clause within the contract or covenant you have with him. No, you are and I will go through. Through fiery times. Our faith will be tested, the Bible reveals, as by fire. In fact, 
in Peter's writings, he points out this reality. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 in the New Living Translation, we read, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure, notice, many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire test and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith, watch this, remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And then three chapters later, in chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, he penned these words. Dear friends, don't be surprised. Notice, at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in His suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it is revealed to all the world. Notice what Peter is saying. If you are a Christ follower, expect fiery trials in the form of persecution, in the form of being mocked for your faith, in the form of being subjected to, to pressure because of your refusal to deny your faith. But he says this, but the fire is not going to destroy your faith. It actually is going to develop your faith. The fire is going to prove that the faith you have is the real deal. The fire is going to solidify the fact that no matter how high the fire is turned up, it is not stronger and more durable and enduring than your faith. And I want to say to somebody today, keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the originator and he's a completer of our faith. And if your eyes stay on him, regardless of the crisis, the trouble, the trials that you're facing, you're going to find that the faith inside of you is stronger than the fire on the outside of you. You're going to discover that the fire outside of you can't destroy, can't consume, can't demolish the faith that isn't. I'm here to say you're not going under. You're going over and you're going through because the faith you have in God, it is strong. It is durable. It is lasting. Mm. And the faith in the fire is going to give you a reward because the Bible says your faith is not in vain. That's what it's pointing out. It's saying because if you're suffering because of your faith, suffering is not the end of your story. If you keep true to your faith in God, then after your sufferings, you are going to experience His glory. Can I tell you today, God's glory is about to show up in your life because you made up your mind. I am not going to deny that I know Jesus. I'm going to keep confessing in my trouble and in the fire. Jesus is Lord. He rules. He reigns and he's in control. I am his and he is mine and his glory will be manifested. And then Job puts it this way in Job 23.10. But he knows the way that I take. He has concern for it, appreciates, and pays attention to it. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as refined gold, pure and luminous. Ooh, 
way, luminous. I'm going to be shining brightly. Come on now. Luminous. I like that word. I'm going to be all lit. That's what it said. But in a good way, say, y'all, y'all, go. y'all be thinking the wrong thing right there. <laughs> I'm going to be all lit. Woo! Now, I, not only is faith, faith is not a, a, a fire escape. There's another lesson we can learn. Faith believes in the ability of God. Look at what the three Hebrew young men said in Daniel 3, verses 16 and 17. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. What matter? He said, look, if you guys don't bow, you're going to burn. If you don't bow to the image as the music is played, you're going to be thrown into the fire. And they said, hey, we, we, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand O king Mm. these guys were bad they were bad to the bone i like the way the message puts it watch this look how the message puts it shadrach meshach and abednego answered king nebuchadnezzar your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up, O king. Isn't that good? These guys were bad and they were bad at the moment. They were telling us, you're you're taunting, you're threatening us, but let's cut to the chase here. Let's just tell you straight up right now. If you want to throw us in, throw us in. Let's get this over with. Because our God God, who we serve, he's able to deliver us out of the birth. And anything else you desire to cook, you, des- you design and plan to cook up, our God is able to rescue us. Can I tell you, there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper, child of God. I don't care what the devil is threatening against your life, what he's planned or plotted against your life. This is not the time to cower. This is not the time to bow. This is the time to stand up. Eyeball to eyeball to the devil and tell him whatever you're cooking, it ain't going to work because I serve a God who is stronger than your plots and your ploys against my life. Say our God is able. Yeah, he is. Daniel 3.17 reveals that our God is able to deliver. Romans 4.20, Romans 4.21 reveals that our God is able to fulfill his promises. 2 Corinthians 9.8 reveals that our God is able to make all grace abound toward us. So that in everything, having all that we need, we will abound unto every good work. Jesus said to some religious Pharisees, he told them uh, in Luke 3.8, That our God is able to raise children up out of stones. And then Paul writes in Ephesians 3.20 that our God is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask or think. The Bible reveals in Philippians 3.21 that our God is able to bring all things subject to himself. He can bring everything under his control. And the Bible reveals in 2 Timothy 1.12 that our God... God is able to keep 
guard whatever we entrust we commit to him the bible reveals in hebrews 7 25 that our god is able to save to the uttermost in other words there's no basket case there's no worst case scenario there's no person so bound that jesus cannot save them i'm talking about a god who can save from the guttermost to the uppermost and in between he is our god is able jude writes to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glorious presence in jude 1 24 i'm saying today i don't know what you're going through but i serve a god who is able to get you through it i don't know what you've been thrown into i don't know what's been cooked up against your life but our god is able to deliver So faith believes in the ability of God, but also another lesson, faith trusts in the sovereignty of God. Faith trusts in the sovereignty of God because here's, here, 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 here's, here's real talk. God, God doesn't always deliver his people from what they're asking him to deliver them from. And these young men recognized it. That's why if you read on there in Daniel chapter 3, you find these words in verse 18. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They were saying, our God is able, we believe it, but we also trust in his sovereignty. We also know that he is free to do what he chooses to do without our consult, without consulting us because he's God and God all by himself. And sometimes God's wisdom is beyond our understanding. And that's where we have to trust his sovereignty. Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he deliver? I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend to be smart enough to know everything God does. I don't know at times why God does and doesn't do some of the stuff that transpires in our lives. All I know, He is God all by Himself. And in those moments, I've got to learn to trust in His sovereignty. And that's what they were saying to the King. He's able. We know He can deliver us. But if He doesn't, Let it be known, we're still not going to bow. Because to bow before this image is to deny the God we serve. To bow before this 90 foot tall, 60 foot wide image that you've erected, King Nebuchadnezzar, is to deny our faith, our faith that believes that there is only one true God. To bow is to say that under pressure we can stand up to our convictions. And I'm asking today. Are there any believers in this building that still believe that Jesus Christ is not a way, but he is the way. He is the truth and he is the life and that no one can come to the Father except through him. Are there any believers today that will not be intimidated should it come to the point where laws are legislated and passed where they say either you deny your faith in Jesus being the only way, that he's the only one that can save and deliver 
Either you deny that or we will threaten you with incarceration. Are there any believers that will stand and say, I will remain standing. You're not going to get me to bow. You're not going to get me to bend. You're not going to get me to buckle. Because the God I serve, He bore the weight of my sin and the sins of the whole world. And He kept going. He was faithful all the way. And He deserves nothing less than my total loyalty and allegiance to Him. You see, their declaration wasn't a lack of faith or a lapse in faith. It was an acknowledgement that sometimes men and women of God die in the line of duty as they serve the Lord. And I know this in my own life. I've told you my father died at 39 years of age after battling four years of aggressive cancer in his body. I, ha- I saw people delivered from demonic possession under his ministry. I saw with my own eyes. I saw people healed of incurable diseases through his ministry. When he passed away, I could not understand. How is it, God, that you worked so mightily through my father, through miracles, signs, and wonders, and you didn't heal him? But one thing my father said within the sound of my ear, or within earshot, so I could hear. He, he, he knew I was struggling, and one day he called me in front of him and said, Son, the Lord can heal me, but even if he doesn't heal me, I will go down to my last breath believing that he is still the healer. That's uncompromising faith. That's unshakable faith, and I saw it demonstrated through his life. So I understand that as we walk with God, listen to me and get this, that not all stories associated with faith have happy endings. But they all have a glorious new beginning. I think... I think it's kicking in that bowl of cereal right now. I got the sugar rush is here. You see, my dad died, but as soon as he died here, he was in the presence of God. Ah, and the next time I see him, he's not going to be shriveled up. He's not going to be just skin and bones. He's going to be strong, walking, fully, well, complete. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And when he comes, Jesus returns for his own. This mortal body will put on immortality. This mortal body will put on a new type of body that will never again experience sickness, pain, tiredness, weariness. Ah! Jesus made it all possible. Mm. And faith in its fullness is demonstrated through faithfulness. Faith in its fullness is demonstrated through faithfulness. Now, here's where I got to keep myself, put my seatbelt on because, you know, there's some passages in the Bible 
that they preach all by themselves. There's some passage. I mean, you, you know, when David and Goliath, how many have heard David and Goliath? You come against me with the da, 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 and then, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Of, I mean, when you read, you just read it and you just say it and it's like, yeah. Well, what I'm about to read is like that. But let me, here's the other lesson. Ah, the fire meant to fry you will actually be used to free you. Let me say that again. The fire meant to fry you will actually be used to free you. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Watch this. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 23 to 25, it says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how did they fall down? Can you say bound? Humor me. Say bound. Yeah. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down. How? Into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. His mind was blown. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did not we cast three men? How? Bound into the midst of the fire. They answered and said to the king, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men what? I see four men what? Walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. How you go in your trouble is not how you're coming out of your trouble. How you go in your crisis is not how you're coming out of your crisis. How you go in your trial is not how you're coming out of your trial. Because you're not going to be alone in the fire. There's another in the fire. I'm saying to you, child of God, wherever you land, he shows up. Whatever you face, he's going to face it with you. Whatever you have to deal with, he's going to be there to help you deal with it. There's another in the fire. They fell in bound. But when Jesus showed up, they were freed. I want you to get a hold of this. When Jesus showed up, he didn't show up the way they were. When he came in, he came in free. And when he showed up, they became as he is. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is Freedom. Whenever Jesus shows up, freedom is going to be the order of the day. Is there anybody that can testify like me? When Jesus showed up in my life, everything that had me wrapped up, tied up, and bound was broken through His power. They fell in bound. But when Jesus showed up, 
They were freed. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus is in this house. I don't care what's bound you. I don't care what's been tying you up. Jesus is in this house. Your freedom is in this building right now because Jesus, when he shows up, who he is becomes the order of the day. And Jesus is freedom. What the devil meant to fry you is actually going to be used by God to free you. Oh! Then the Bible reveals that God didn't deliver them from the fiery furnace. He delivered them in the fiery furnace. Some of you are like, Pastor, please, 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 please pray for me. For what? I don't have to go into that. That God will deliver me from it. That he'll keep me from it. And I can pray that. But here's what I learned in my own journey. God doesn't always deliver us from something. But he delivers us in something. Because it's when we're delivered in something that we discovered that whatever we landed in doesn't compare to his power. And the only way we're going to learn it is if we get in the mix of it, in the midst of it. But the good news is that in the mix, in the midst, Jesus shows up. And when he shows up, whatever he is, we experience in ourselves freedom. So CWC family, don't get it twisted. You're going to go through some stuff. But when you find yourself in the midst of going through and the enemy tricks you into believing that you're being consumed by the fire, which simply means you're worrying too much, I want to encourage you to do what they taught us as kids. When you find yourself burning, you got to stop, drop, and roll. Ah, if you're in the fire right now, I want to encourage you, stop right where you are. Drop down to your knees. Start praying. Start praising. Start shouting. Start celebrating. Start confessing who your God is. And roll your cares on the Lord because He cares for you. It's time to stop, drop, and roll. And I'm saying to you, the fire that the devil thought he was going to use to destroy you is actually going to develop you. Let me remind you again, there is no weapon formed against you and me that can prosper because the weapons of the devil don't match up to the power of Almighty God. Mm. Two more lessons. Two more lessons. Okay. God can cause you from looking and smelling like what you've been going through. <laughs> you ever meet somebody that all they do is talk about what they go through? That's all they do. They like you for their wine fest. And I don't mean W-I-N-E. I mean W-H-I-N-E. They just want you to, to hear their whining. And even before, and they're like, let me tell you what I'm going through. And you're like, I already know, just looking at you. Just smelling you, I can tell what you've been through. But these guys, ooh, 
Look what the Bible says in verse 27. Daniel 3, 27. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And watch this. And the smell of fire was not in them. There are some believers that you have no clue that they've been going through hell. You know why? Because they apply what Pastor Wayne Cordero says. If you're going through hell, don't stop to take pictures. <laughs> oh, look it. Now, just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Not even the smell of smoke was on them. There's two friends, one named Benny, the other named Sam. Benny bumps into his friend Sam and immediately asks, I just heard that your wife has recently won a lot of money on the lottery. Sam, yes, you're right, replies Sam. So tell me, what's the best thing that's happened in your wife Estelle's life since she won all the money? Sam replies, she's now stopped cooking. Some of you are like, do I laugh? <laughs> if you're married, you're like, do I dare? I do want to eat after church. <laughs> See, his wife was real spiritual. She offered continual burnt offerings. Nah, nah, se prendió el foco. And he was tired of that smoke-filled house. Uh, but here we learn that when your faith is in God, it will be a shield around you. First Peter 1 Peter 1.5, who are kept by the power of God through faith. Uh, another version says, who are shielded by the power of God through faith. Uh, you see, when you have faith in God, it's going to shield you. And one more lesson we can learn, your problem is the key to your promotion. Your problem is the key to your promotion. After they had gone through the fire, look what the Bible testifies in Daniel 3.30. Then, say then, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of... When, then, then, when, after they had gone through the fire, then the king gave them their promotion. Your problem is your promotion. The fire may have been your greatest test, but on the other side, you will see promotion. You will experience spiritual promotion, for fire always refines. You may also experience physical promotion in your job and experience greater favor with those you know. Others will recognize the goodness of God in your life. So I'm saying to you, don't buy the lie of the devil. The lie of the devil as expressed through King Nebuchadnezzar was, if you don't bow, you will burn. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were saying to King Nebuchadnezzar through the response, the reply, and their action. No, you got it. You got it twisted, Nebuchadnezzar. It, it's the opposite. If we do bow, we will burn. But if we don't bow, we will not burn. 
burn because our God is able to preserve those who stand firm for him. And I want to encourage you today because the devil is lying to you and telling you this pressure is too overwhelming. This problem is too defeating. This stress is going to take you down. But I'm declaring over your life that the God that you serve, the God of heaven, he knows no pressure or stress that can break him. He knows no trial or trouble that can defeat him. And if you belong to him, his strength, his power, his peace is your inheritance and you're going to get through what you're going through. Just stand firm in the faith. Watch this. The meaning of these three young men's original names correspond to the deliverance that God gave them. The Lord was gracious, Hananiah, to them. And the Lord helped them, Azariah. And the form of the fourth was one who was equal to God. The form of the fourth was as one who was equal to God. The meaning of the name Mishael. Their very names prophesied the deliverance that would be theirs. Your very identity in Christ prophesies your destiny. I am more than a conqueror through Him who loved me. That's my identity. And so whenever I face trouble, I don't have to fear because the Bible says in 1 John 5, 4 and 5, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Are you a believer? Then you're an achiever. Are you a believer? Then you're more than a conqueror. Are you a believer? Then you are the winner over whatever the devil has brought against your life. You are already declared to be the winner. And your God's going to work a mighty deliverance. Father, I thank you that there's freedom because you're here. There's freedom because you're here right now. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There are some, God, that are in their circumstance right now. And they feel tied up and they feel bound. But your word to them is, if I'm with you, freedom is your lot. Freedom is your inheritance. You got a new identity. Therefore, you have a new destiny. You are not a victim of your circumstances. You are a victor over them. You have a new name. More than a conqueror who 
trial more than a conqueror. One who overwhelmingly overcomes. It's not what you will be. It's who you are right now. It's who you are right now. prayer words to come up and stand with me right now because we're going to pray for those in the fire we're going to pray for those in the fire right now and we're going to declare over them that they are not going to be fried by the fire they're going to be freed in the fire we're going to agree here today they're not going to be fried in the fire they're going to be freed in the fire There's some of you that are going through the fire right now and you say, Pastor, I want the freedom that you spoke about today. I want that. I want it. I want you to come right now. It's going to take courage. It's going to take bravery. But I'm calling you to step out and come to this front area. We call it the altar. The Bible says we walk by faith. In other words, we put feet to our faith we take action and this is action that you're taking as you make your way forward you're you're walking by faith you're taking action and God honors faith with works so I want to be free you come right now that's it come come There's a presence in here. God's presence is here right now to bring freedom. We're here to agree with you. We're here to declare the truth. You are more than a conqueror. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. 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 There's another in the fire. There's another in the fire. He's here right now. Yeah. Come on, come on. There's others of you. You need to get up here. You need to get up here. Some of you, it's time to make that decision. I'm going to stand firm in the faith. I'm going to stand firm in the faith. I need the strength, though, to do it. Come. God will give you the strength. God will give you the strength to stand firm in the faith. Come. Come. 